My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. Now, as regular listeners of our programme will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, I'm delighted to say that we're joined on today's show by Olga Murray. Um, Olga is the director and founder of Private Goodness, a UK-based corporate responsibility, ESG and ethics consultancy. Um, Olga, a very warm welcome to yourself and thanks for joining us on the show. It's a real pleasure having you with us. Thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure, Olga. And uh, just to kind of uh, make a start for the uh, the listeners that might not be familiar with you and your organisation, um, do tell us just that little bit more about uh, why you started Private Goodness and what it actually is that the organisation seeks to do. About four and a half years ago, I started Private Goodness, my own company, because I felt really optimistic about the power of companies to make a difference, to be active in solving the world's problems problems, rather than just reactive. So in effect, I use the power of corporate responsibility, ESG and ethics to help business people become better leaders. And I feel like it's a real privilege. I'm really lucky to be able to do something I'm really passionate about, which is empowering people. And I love my work because I learn every day. So for my training, for example, I use uh, I write before courses, whether it's about uh, CSR or ethics or sustainability. And this month, I had someone uh, from the transport sector in Newcastle, um, and I haven't worked in a particular sector in that area before, so I could do a lot of research. And then I had somebody who worked in a property management company in Sydney, Australia. So I had to do a lot of research for that as well, and I learned a lot from them about how they operate, what their challenges are, what their ambitions are. So it's, it's, it's always very interesting. And for my consultancy, I bring in a lot of experts. So uh, I don't know everything. My subject very, very broad. But I build a team. I work with academics. So if I have a, a particular question, I can find somebody who's got a PhD in that area and ask them. Um, and I also work with a lot of uh, fellow practitioners. So uh, if I do a piece of work measuring uh, carbon emissions for an event, I do that. But then I'll have another person review it. And actually, any good sustainability professional would do that. But it means that I work with my peers. And I find that the sustainability sector is very collaborative are rather than competitive because we all have the same goals. So it's a really lovely area to work in. Yeah, it certainly seems the uh, the case, um, sort of feeling that, you know, you're purpose-driven and are really looking to uh, to make a difference. And it seems that there's a lot of fulfillment to be uh, to be gained from that. And um, yeah. sustainability and climate change, um, as we've sort of touched on just now, they're very, very important issues that are relevant to to all of us, but they're especially to re- relevant to businesses in the current climate, yeah. aren't they? And uh, why do you think mm-hmm. that is? Well, businesses have a very interesting and complicated relationship with climate. So um, they suffer because of climate change, because when uh, we have uh, climate change uh, events like floods and, and, and wildfires, they disrupt communities, they disrupt economies, right? So we businesses suffer, but businesses can also be kind of baddies of this place. So the companies are, can be produce a lot of emissions that cause climate change or contribute to climate change. Um, although it's bigger companies, mainly it's every company that can do better, and businesses can be our savior. So when they take action, they can find innovative solutions to save the planet. And when they choose to do the latter, they're greatly rewarded by the investors and the teams. So it's not it's not very straightforward, is it? 
<laughs> with, uh, with, uh, with, with our relationship. But I'll go to each point just to, uh, to explain what I mean. So when I say that businesses suffer, I mean, you, 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 you know this. I think climate change is so visible now, probably more visible than ever. Yeah. Uh, you, could, you, could, you, could, you know about how we are recording this in the end of October, and it's really warm. Um, so I think that people are becoming more, more aware of it. But I also see in the news every day uh, about floods and fires and everything. Um, and that has an effect on business because it disrupts uh, the everyday running of, of, of things. And businesses, and actually, that uh, don't exist in isolation, and that's the main point of this uh, of, of responsibility and everything. What happens in the planet, what happens in the world affects affects us. But business specifically uh, is affected because because of the heat. Uh, international labor organizations predict that productivity, uh, just in productivity losses alone, uh, we will lose about 80 million full-time jobs. So uh, when people, when it's too hot to work, or when because it's too hot, malaria is coming back to the area where it didn't used to be, that that all has a very negative effect. So that's that's where uh, businesses are kind of victims as the rest of us. But where they have the the perpetrators, it's where the business driven activity drives the the, the the climate change. So that's why it's the top companies. The top hundred companies are responsible for the two thirds of the emissions, but it's every single one uh, can do better. Positive thing yeah. about it, and I really like to talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. A positive that uh, can, businesses can contribute to innovation and solutions to mitigating climate change, and through active leadership, they can actually save the planet and save lives. And and lastly, how they're rewarded for it. Um, people say that more than seventy percent of all Jobkeepers want to work for companies that are environmentally and socially responsible, and the numbers are much higher when we talk about millennials and the younger generation, the younger generation. So you, if you if you take action, it, it costs money, but it's you you get you get rewards that people want to work for you and with you, and uh, investors would want to invest with you. In fact, eighty three percent of investors say that in the next twelve months they'll invest or divest based on social responsibility and environmental factors. So there, there are many reasons for businesses to consider this issue in more detail. <laughs> there are, aren't there? Um, because as you said there, I mean, investors' priorities are changing, consumer spending habits are changing. When we're seeing things like the great resignation in the aftermath of COVID, people are becoming yeah. far more aligned with purpose, aren't they? And if, if a business isn't moving with the times and showing that, you know, corporate social responsibility, ESG, um, these are if, if these aren't at the heart of what they're doing, they're, they're, go, they're going to lose out, aren't they? Because people's priorities are beginning to really really change and uh, obviously um, not every single business out there is in a position where it can invest in you know the innovations of the future to sort of trap carbon and help save the planet so for those businesses out there that are sort of SMEs that are sort of looking to just survive and thrive let's say what can they realistically do to address climate change because um, obviously they might not have the same sort of uh, financial clout as governments or large companies but there is still always something that they can do isn't there there is something that everyone can do and every business can do and one thing to say is that yes investing in in, in innovation costs money uh, but there are some things like uh, actually the, the greener business is is a leaner business so for example if you make a product and you used to package your product in a lot of plastic and a lot of necessary i don't know uh materials and then you reduce that you have to pay less for packaging 
So, uh, or if you are a professional services company and you used to send people, like a small law firm, and you used to send people uh, to travel to meetings or, or like commute long way, and then you introduce uh, more working from home, or if you're very strict on business travel, so you say nobody flies to any meetings, uh, you save money as well. So uh, it is it is a way to it it, it can it can be very efficient. Uh, so so to, to, what, what, the first thing I'll start with uh, for any business is to research climate emergency because what all business leaders need, I believe, is to have very strong knowledge in the area to understand what's going on and understand how it's relevant to your business. And there are lots and lots of resources online about how I said how sustainability is such a nice area. It's because people want to share free resources on this because they want you to take action. So you you can find out a lot just by uh, looking looking online, and then try to understand where does your business fit in there. So way to do it is to measure and analyze greenhouse emissions. Uh, consultants can help you, and I think that if you are a large company, uh, you need your own house team, and SMEs can bring consultants in. But small businesses who don't have any money for this sort of thing can do it themselves. And there are free guides on the internet. For example, carbonfootprint.com is an excellent site. And you can enter uh, some information and they'll give you the results as your, um, that, you, that you can start with. And then you can take some actions and see how that changes in next year. And you can set realistic targets after you know what's going on. And science-based target initiative is the best place to start because they're connected to science. But again, in the, in the research, and I think that obviously we're talking about climate uh, risks, but there are wider risks that come with not fully understanding your entire product chain, right? Mm. So if, yeah, and if, if you review it, so if you look at, so this is all about recycling, so you have a product, and then people say, well, this is how it can be recycled. But you need to look at everything in the product, how the raw materials are sourced, how they're produced, how they're packaged, what happened next? So every single step, and then you can see where you can make changes and where you can save money, or where you need to invest a bit of money to make it more efficient. So it's good for many, many reasons. Uh, because if you know this, you'll be more secure in your future. If it's, if it's, if it's a service, and I work, I, I used to, I work in the legal sector, and some uh, lawyers can say, well, what's good is it to do with us? We don't make any products. But if you work in an office, heating, there's cooling, there's electricity, can it be renewable, uh, there's travel. But one interesting thing that's about all businesses, so we all have clients, right? And we all have supply chains, however small we are. Uh, and who do we work with? Uh, do people who we work with help the environment? Or are they... So with supply chains, you can make the difference with money you're going to spend anyway. So if you're going to buy, I don't know, whatever it is you need, if you do a bit of research and see if you can buy use services that are, are sustainable, uh, then they then you, you can help out this way, and then you can write policies to make it more part of an every, everyday decision. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, you mentioned something incredibly important here as well in that you need to consider everything in sort of the life cycle of a product and the way that you sort of run your business if you are to become a uh, a fundamentally green company. And I think there are some businesses yeah. out there that fall into something called the greenwashing trap, don't they? Where, you know, they market a product, all the work that they're doing as being sort of green and environmentally friendly, carbon neutral even. But when you look deeper into things, all of a sudden you realise that 
ah, actually, maybe it's not as green as it makes out on the surface. And uh, I suppose some business leaders that, you know, do care about sustainability and want their businesses to become more sustainable, they are a bit concerned, aren't they, that if they start talking about climate change and they want to try and sort of make that transition, they might be accused of greenwashing themselves. And um, are there any sort of hints and tips as to how businesses can sort of really look deeper um, and sort of try and avoid sort of the greenwashing trap? Yeah, uh, and actually, it's, it's, it's a good question. You asked me if everyone uh, 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 asked me that, but it's about to be proportionate, right? So, if mm. the mission of your company is polluting, <laughs> then planting some trees or setting some ambitious, uh, ambiguous target that that's never gonna that they're never gonna meet isn't gonna fool anyone. Uh, so it's good, but so it's got to be proportionate. Um, and you know, uh, it's got to be. I think any claim should be really uh, humble. And uh, triple check. So I said earlier on about how uh, whenever I uh, do something, I always have uh, any kind of cover measurement. I have other professionals to check it and to verify it. And I think that for businesses, it's very important to get somebody in, whether they're peers or somebody to have a look at it to see if it makes sense. Because it's been a global problem. It's very easy to say things that are very too ambitious. So I think that sometimes people mean well and they just... Uh, uh, you know, we talk about saving the planet, so that they can get away with it and make make claims that are um, not 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 wholly accurate. Um, so I would just be be humble. And you know, in in ancient uh, Greece, there is a, a Greek myth. There is a, a concept called hubris, uh, where the if the if the, if the uh, humans who decide that they're greater than the gods, gods will always punish them. <laughs> they always go, no, no, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and we discussed this in my classes as well. So if you try to be to say, I'm the greatest, we are the greenest, people will always point out that you're not. But if you are more humble and you say, we are trying to do this, and this is what we've done, this is what we want, people want you to succeed uh, by large, and, they, and you'll be all right. But uh, having said that, there will always be criticism of anybody who tries to do something good. So... Uh, you know, remember Captain Tom in the pandemic, mm. uh, who walks around the garden to save money for the NHS. Yeah, yeah, I do recall. Uh, I do recall his story absolutely. Yeah, he was a national hero for uh, at, at the time, and he still got death threats online. There were still lots of people criticizing this veteran who is raising money for the NHS. So people, there'll always be someone out there who tries instead of doing something to help. Will put other people down. Other people down. So there are people online who hate uh, Lido, for example. So there is something uh, about as long as you, as long as you're honest, as long as you're humble, you need to be brave. But you need to accept that whenever you you want to be a leader and whenever you want to influence real change, just some people will will won't go with you, and that's okay. Yeah, I, I guess it's just accepting, isn't it, that there's always going to be some form of criticism somewhere, isn't there? And you've just got to try yeah. and you know, shoulder that and show some humility as best you can to not as invite as much of that on, and also just respond to it in the uh, in the right way as well, and just you know not take it as a terminal thing and use it to just continue to improve and continue to uh, to get better in pursuit of what you you feel your purpose is. Um, 
yeah. it's clear that um, there's a lot that can be done on this front and on the whole sustainability front from business leaders. So just for anybody tuning into this that, you know, maybe a startup entrepreneur or a business leader that's running an SME that's entering sort of any phase, be it sort of late scale up or early scale up, uh, what is your main sort of tip for business leaders to sort of really sort of help on the uh, the pathway to sustainability? Because it is so, so, so important. I would say be brave and be ambitious. Uh, if, as a business leader, you have a lot of influence. And I think that's, that's the empowering thing about it. There's a lot you can do with, your, with the resources that you already have. As I said, through supply chain, you can influence your teams. You can lead your field by inspiring others, by raising awareness, by making, uh, putting sustainability in the heart of every decision. You can, uh, you can help save the planet. You can help create a healthier world. Sir David Attenborough uh, said, and I have this, uh, this, this I, I use this quote every time, every breath of air we take, every mouthful full of food that we eat depends upon a healthy natural world. And it takes all of us to create a healthy world uh, and a healthy future. And I think business leaders have a position of power and they can help us achieve that. So I think my main tip is just to go for it. Because uh, different, yes, there are always risks that someone might criticize you for not being perfect. But the but the positive thing is that you can create a, a better world for everyone who lives in it and have a, a greener, a leaner, more sustainable, more attractive business. Exactly right. And thinking about sort of how we've talked about earlier, people's habits are changing and they're looking more toward greener businesses and greener businesses are in a position to succeed in the long run. You know, if you don't move with the times, then, you know, you're going to suffer somewhere along the line. So it's incredibly important that business leaders are very, very acutely aware of the way the world's changing. And I suppose as you sort of help businesses navigate that transition yourself, Olga, I'd be wondering just before we uh, we finish up on the show today, what some of your priorities are going to be over the next sort of, let's say, 12 months and beyond as uh, you sort of seek to help more individuals sort of, you know, move with the times on this. So I have uh, my, my priorities and it's sort of something I'm, I'm launching next month is training for company boards. So a lot of people who come to my training are sustainability professionals, or they, they have different roles in the organization, but they're often not the most senior people. Um, I want to train uh, people who are, who are making the decisions. And what I said about having sustainability in the heart of every business decision, I feel like boards are, are, are extremely powerful. Uh, so I've designed a, a, a new course about uh, uh, that's specifically around governance, so where I cover climate change facts, I cover uh, about uh, how, how can board members help? I have templates for productive meetings about discussing climate change and risk. And I think that that's where I can make the most difference. Um, because then once they have this knowledge and once they see how much they can achieve and how, how it doesn't have to cost everything, uh, cost too much, I think they can then either do it in-house, uh, hire somebody or work with whoever, but I will know that I've done my best and empower them to make uh, the right decisions. And I'll be donating uh, 15% of, of all profits to the World Forest Organization as well. So uh, I'll be uh, helping in, in, in this way. I'm, I'm very excited about this, uh, this project. I haven't actually started marketing it yet. I've just been busy writing it, making sure it's super relevant to, to the to people who are in charge of governance. Uh, but yeah, wish you luck. <laughs> 
Yes, and we certainly wish you all the luck in the world in really uh, executing that mission to the best possible effect. Olga, it's fantastic what you're looking to do. And hopefully, like I say, plenty more business leaders will come on board. And, you know, that project that you've got going on will prove to be a resounding success. And, you know, I'd love the opportunity to actually catch up and have you back on the show in future, maybe at some point in the next uh, year or so, just to see how it's all uh, coming along for you. I would love to. And I really look forward to it. I've, I've listened to uh, some podcasts that you have, and they've been so great. And I will go back and listen to more because uh, I know a lot about uh, sustainability and, and, and ethics and all of that. But in terms of actual marketing uh, to boards, I think there's so much wisdom in your uh, podcast. So I think I can learn a lot from that. So I will, mm. I'll make sure that I, if you can recommend any uh, leaders that you spoke to who cover growth, uh, I would be very interested to learn more. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, there have been plenty of discussions that we've had recently on the programme covering things like growth marketing, but also sustainability as well, as we've discussed today. So, yeah, plenty yeah. of resources to be uh, to be taken uh, from that as well. And uh, just for anybody listening into this particular programme as well, who, you know, might be um, affected or um, sort of empowered by the issues that we've discussed today and you do want to, uh, to talk to us about what we've uh, what we've spoken about, um, you can leave a comment or ask a question. That's via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen and us just so you know there or if you are the head of a business or organization of your own and you wanted to bring your own perspective to the discussion table directly then you too can apply to actually be on our program via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply um it's been my pleasure as your host scott challoner of course to bring you a whole new episode of the leaders council podcast today and it's been fantastic welcoming olga murray founder of private goodness onto today's show um olga thank you ever so much for your time on this and for uh, for joining us on the uh, on the program uh, we really are appreciative of that and i'm sure the listeners have found it as eye-opening and as enlightening as i have and by all means do take care and i'm sure we as i said we'll uh, we'll catch up on the program in the very near future Thank you very much. It's been great talking to you. And uh, I would love to come back. <laughs> it's been fantastic. And uh, to all of those uh, listening into the programme, I've, of course, been your host, Scott Challen, on today's episode of the Leaders' Council podcast. And we'll be back next time for a whole new perspective on leadership and current affairs. But until then, do take care all and goodbye. <laughs>